0: Hello, hello, and welcome to another KG, Fifth Ward, Wildcat, and Doc podcast, a few days after Thanksgiving. Hope everyone had a enjoyable, family-filled, fun-filled, food-filled Thanksgiving. Fellas, how are you? Doing okay. Doing well, doing well. All right, before we get into uh, college football and the, the sham of some of it and the big money of college, college athletics and student-athletes or, excuse me, athlete-students, gentlemen, <clears throat> this evening uh, in Florida, in the state of Florida, women's basketball, South Carolina, yeah. Notre Dame face each other, in a championship of a tournament, two prominent women's basketball programs, <clears throat> hall of fame coaches <clears throat> game was not on t v It was not televised
1: wait, 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 wait. was
0: not it was not slated to be televised, so it wasn't like it was you know on the book <clears> it wasn't on screen in nowhere hold, hold on, sir. Hold on. I am I'm providing the listener's background is what we call a tease in the business. Okay, like I said, top 10 Hall of Fame, not on TV, not on any of the family of networks of the so-called home of the Women's NCAA Championship, not on any of the other networks, It was available for streaming, but you had to pay for it. I went ahead and paid for it because the company, and if they ever become a sponsor of our podcast, I'll plug them. But they got my money, so, I mean, why? you already got my money, so I'm not going to plug you anymore. But because U of H and Rice, some of their games will be, broadcast on this digital platform this season and did some more research. This company also broadcasts other sports, not just basketball. So it's it's a year round entity. But back to for our purposes of this first part of the podcast, fans of women's college basketball and naturally fans of South Carolina, and Notre Dame were not happy that they had to spend money. And I'll toss out the prices. There were – there's a monthly rate. And like I said, there's other games because this platform also shows the tournament for the men's basketball, I think last week, and other games this month, and it also partners with the Big Ten Network or Big Ten Conference to showcase – sports that are not carried on the Big Ten Network. So, it is a growing platform. <laughs> but for purposes of fans of Notre Dame and South Carolina, the monthly fee would basically be one for tonight. If you did not pay for it for the other two games, Saturday and Friday, because it's a three-game tournament. Everybody played three games as mm-hmm. participating teams. So, if you didn't do that, you'd have been spending $29 for tonight. It's a monthly it's a monthly fee. The yearly cost is 150, 150 for the year. <clears throat> so where do you stand? And, <clears throat> and like I said, I, I went in and paid for it for other reasons. There's more sports involved than on media, and I want to see the game, see two good teams play. I was able to tweet about it to some fans who you know chose not to pay for it. But there were coaches on Twitter, media people on Twitter who were disappointed that the game was not on TV, disappointed that they had to pay for it to watch the game. So there's different factors. So give me your, your thoughts, and then I'll give you some more devil's advocate replies. <clears throat>
1: mm, I, bought, uh, I bought several sports events, uh, not in the package, but on the individual event-by-event event basis, if it, was, if it was something I, I actually wanted to watch. Um, but it had to be something I wanted to watch. Um, I'm not in a habit of doing it. Um, I know some folks that are. But it all boils down to if, if an event that you choose to watch, that you're particularly, you're particularly interested in that particular Event, on an individual basis, yeah. Uh, but I, I don't have an issue with that. But I find it hard to believe that, and whether it be college or pro, that if it's a top 25, well, let me get cut it off right there. If it's a top 10 team, two or at least two, uh, both teams are top 10 or top 5 involved, I find it hard to believe that not any entity chooses to stream on a regular cable or regular digital satellite outlet. it's this big, I'm kind of without words at that point. Doc. Huh? Doc. Yeah, I believe when you look
2: at that, this is a glaring case where women's basketball is not treated at the same level as uh, men's basketball. and Obviously, you could look at numbers and ratings to justify it uh, to some degree, but uh, much of that is, is what I see as the case here. Uh, but there could be a positive side of it, depending on what they find out. Uh, how many people actually you know, pay to watch the game could give you a different indication in terms of when, when the basketball is. this fact, there is a group of really loyal fans that would pay for it. So that's the threshold. And and then it gives you opportunity to see where you can generate revenue that later could push a uh, basketball forward. So you see this uh, with niche sports oftentimes where niche sports can't get a large enough viewership, um, but then people do know there is a significant interest out there, so they'll put them on a the paid platform. I know at one time you've seen it for a little while with with uh, basketball or with HBCU sports uh, from that standpoint, uh, but you had some of that as well. So those are some of my thoughts on it.
0: And now I'll give, provide some more uh, feedback. <clears throat> Debbie Antonelli is organizer of this. The event is Gulf Coast, Gulf Coast Showcase, and I think it was in Estero, Estero, Florida. Part of um, I think BD Global Sports. It does other tournaments, I men's and women's sports, you know, holiday events. And she, one of her tweets. I think she's organizer. You know of the specific one going on that we're talking about. And she responded to a tweet saying that, you know, this person said that he wishes it was on TV and not, and no paying $20 for a subscription doesn't count. Her response was we have been trying for network TV partner in our fifth year for this event with competitive fields. And this is the best we can do for now. She said, she's going to continue. Going to keep doing her job to build, serve, and empower the game of women's college basketball, women's basketball, by helping host events, two events, and soon to be three. And he responded back to that, saying, "You know, it is appreciated, but it's a shame with all the networks uh, that they show most of the time that this is not on TV somewhere." So her final reply to this fellow was, "Damn right." we're trying and we're not giving up how many other Thanksgiving women's events are televised and or streamed this holiday weekend. So clearly it's not just the Gulf coast showcase that was not televised
2: or streamed,
0: uh, without, you know, for free. I think there was, um, Ohio state and Stanford massive for the second time. They played Saturday night in that tournament was, I think, in Vegas, part of one of the Vegas tournaments, no TV for that. So, as Doc mentioned, you know, women's college basketball is a niche sport. We know that. The three of us know that. And part of it being a niche sport has enabled me and, and Wildcats, and Doc is getting involved to uh, have gain more recognition in the smaller pond. out. would you agree with that? Yep. Okay. Now, but well, we would like to see it grow and not just be a sport followed where the people, the fans only support their team rather than the sport of women's college basketball. Yes, men's college basketball alums follow their team, obviously. But come Final Four, men's Final Four, regionals, those games are sold out because people want to see those teams play, whether their team is in there participating or not. The majority of those fans are there because they like basketball, not because, you know, team one is there. Women's College Basketball is not close to that. They're still supporting my team, my team only, for the the most part. Now, I will say in this game, it was was a very well-played game. Notre Dame won the game. They trailed about 10 at the end of the first quarter, 28-18, and then they just started pulling away and dared anybody – and I tweeted this, There anybody not named Asia Wilson, All-American of South Carolina, to beat them. And the rest of the team for South Carolina wasn't able to do it. So Notre Dame began to, to catch up, and then it pulled away, and eventually they won 92-85 with uh, Jackie Young from Notre Dame being named tournament MVP. And listen to this. Asia Wilson, I think, finished with 34 points, 10 rebounds, and 5 assists. But... She didn't have enough help. Jackie Young and uh, had 22 points, 10 rebounds, I think five, six herself. But her teammate, Enrique Ogunwale, had 23 points. So two of them combined 45 to counter ages 34. So that's the result of the game. In the crowd, was hardly anybody there. I heard... A decent group of Notre Dame fans traveled to Florida to support their their squad. But if this game were televised on CBS, Fox, ESPN, they would have had to put, they could have probably put the fans who were in attendance, lower level, in maybe two sections for TV viewing. What's me to my, my you no, know, my next point. If if you want, if from a TV perspective, would you want to televise what they see on TV? Where you got nobody in the, in the building. Would that be good for women for the women's game? You got a top mm-hmm. ten matchup, and there's nobody there. That certainly
2: wouldn't be your um, desire. But uh, I guess it depends on which perspective if you're looking at this. You know, what lens are you viewing that component? Uh, certainly if you're an advocate of women's basketball and you're looking at it from promoting it and gaining eyeballs of interest, uh, you would prefer to have a, a game in a setting that uh, has a lot of people there cheering on and watching it. But if your are television, uh, as we see a lot with the bowl games, since we're heading in towards that direction, towards the end of college football season, uh, from a television perspective, uh, they have decided to go from the framework that they need the viewership uh, and over this period of time to focus on games. So they'll actually have a large group of bowl games that – don't have good attendance, but they put them on television because they draw viewers and they have significant viewers. Good point. So I think it's, it's very intriguing uh, to kind of go a little deeper into this analysis and see, you know, what are the numbers in terms of streaming? We also need to think about that the landscape for television is changing right before us. Um, you, this past weekend, I noticed that you could see a lot of games streaming. And it worked for individuals that were traveling. This past weekend for Thanksgiving, I traveled quite a bit. I actually, um, just to give a short synopsis of my uh, Turkey Day weekend, I actually we flew out Thursday uh, to Atlanta from Houston. And during that flight, when I was on the flight, I could watch some updates from uh, his and I could watch some games. I came back Friday. I could watch some more games, streaming, as I wasn't in front of the television because I'm on the road between flights and then driving from Houston to Waco uh, to catch a game. I got to see some games. I went to a college – I mean, I went to a high school playoff game. My brother's coaching at Temple, so I went to support him. I wanted to keep some eyes on some games, so I had my phone. I streamed games while I was at the uh, high school football game. And then, obviously, Saturday stayed over because my two nephews played Private school uh, playoff game uh, out of Taps, St. Pius versus Bishop Dunn. In the BNX game, I had to leave at half to make sure I was back to watch the Prairie View Indian game. So um, while I was driving, I, was, I wasn't watching TV, but uh, I couldn't find the station, but I could stream the game on phone and listen to the game. I got back here and near the end of the road trip, uh, I was able to get NBC Sports and check out parts of the, or listen to parts of the Bayou Classic. Got into the Prairie View game. While I'm watching the Prairie View game, make sure I can give with good coverage as an analyst. I actually had my streaming device on and I had to watch the end of the Bayou Classic, which was pretty exciting, as you had the televisions in the suite to watch that. So I think we also need to look at all the variations of television. Uh to make sure that we're providing a big perspective of where women's basketball uh, may find opportunities um, to continue to grow the game. And while I think, as you said, television is one vehicle, the streaming perspective uh, may be another option in terms of getting more games on. And The more you have games on, then it provides more fans, opportunity to see the game, which may drive people to the stands of getting a better understanding of why these teams are top-ranked teams and why it's significant for you to watch these games because you're talking about talented teams. So now you can take some of those fans that are just fans of sports, particular fans of certain matchups, now you can drive them to the game and they move away from watching the game because it's women's basketball but watching the game because, you talk, as you illustrated and talked about, Chris, that these are talented teams that – and you want to watch this matchup and in many ways the same way that I follow HBCU sports. I know the talent is not going to be the same as watching the Power 5 school. But that doesn't mean the game cannot be interesting, competitive, intriguing for me to watch uh, with understanding that I'm watching the historical black college and university in uh, the matchups that go on there.
0: Excellent points, and I just want—and this is this is good discussion for our, our podcast, KG, Fifthful walkout and Doc podcast. A couple other things: um, Notre Dame, ACC member in basketball, of course. South Carolina, SEC, SEC member. Both of those conferences have their own networks. Under the ESPN's family of network umbrella, you got the SEC network, and the ACC network is in the works, but right now it's ACC Plus, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. So, <clears throat> from that perspective, saying that, combined with two top-10 teams, an All-American pick, potential National Player of the Year in Asia Wilson, why didn't ESPN on one of those two networks opt to put it on for people to watch you know via streaming so that's I, I think that's another excellent
2: I think that's another interesting question, uh, but at the same time as you alluded to that this game was not a game right this is a, a game that is put together by a promoter
0: well it, you know it was a tournament, so there were i think eighteens teams in a tournament. And they, you would not know, you could not guarantee that South Carolina and Notre Dame would play in the championship game. You could right, but my point assume is, it. You is know. That
2: it's a tournament and it's a, it's a, and it's a promoter. That means that the rights to the game are not owned by Big Ten, which means they would have to pay the promoter of, or whoever putting together this tournament because they don't own those rights. Correct. So, these
0: they, are the ATCs.
2: So they would have to pay for that. And so now one of the reasons, that not to say that they couldn't pay for it and wouldn't be good for the basketball, but that's additional money that you're paying out versus coming in. But one thing we know about these powerful, Power Five schools is that they are in love with
0: money, and so they would prefer to get more money in than they do to pay out. Right. So that's just another thing it tosses out there. In addition, times are changing. Fans of women's college basketball, and we all three of us have noticed it at the final fours that we've been forced to attend that many of those fans are older fans, you know yeah. senior citizens, kind of you know that age group, so some of those fans, one of two things: they don't want to watch the game on on a non-TV, non-big screen, or they don't want to spend extra so they may have a budget to spend on a game they believe should be on TV.
2: All right. It would be interesting, as you said, to see how many of that age group are actually streaming games anyway. Mm-hmm. And how comfortable are they with the technology? How aware they are with the technology, you know? which may be, again, another opportunity that you need to understand in terms of your marketing is how do you educate this fan base about the ability to stream games, which would increase that marketplace in and of itself. I think that's an excellent point of understanding how do you build platforms that increase uh, the way women's games are watched.
0: So, you know, just things too stop there for a discussion, and the, for the most part the last couple of minutes of the broadcast the streaming was was very good last few minutes was it began to buffer the audio may, you know was consistent throughout uh, but the last two it was like I don't know all of a sudden more folks started watching or my computer stuck you know is old and broke down and waiting for me to replace it was the reason why the buffering started getting bad pitch started getting bad or was something on on that company's end who knows whatever but I know and it's a problem with streaming especially if people are new to it and have put money and spent money on it those folks would be pissed off if they spent money and then the picture quality is subpar that's for sure so that's not a good impression if you know, if, if tonight's viewers, first time viewers experience those problems, they may have lost those folks, you know, for as future customers. So that's something also to, uh, you know, consider, but yeah, I just want to, I know, um, one of my colleagues, she was had a Twitter conversation with some of her followers, um, before and during the first part of the game. And, and then I chimed in with, with, um, some play-by-play in the second half, and she retweeted it for folks to to keep up with. So it was just something I wanted to get you, you know you guys thoughts on as we did this podcast. And before we go and shift into college football, but uh, Wildcat Doc, how can folks find you guys on the internet? Doc, ahead.
2: Yes, they can find me on the internet. You can go straight to the website at uh, www.thgsagency.com and click on this. to get various updates. Uh, You can also follow me on Twitter. That's Facebook, Instagram, and uh, Twitter at Dr. Kenyatta Cavil. D-R-K-E-N-Y-A-T-T-A-C-A-V-I-L. Again, that's D-R-K-E-N-Y-A-T-T-A-C-A-V-I-L. You can also catch me on a show uh, as we do a live broadcast on Dr. Bill's Inside HBC Sports Lab every Tuesday from 5:45 to 7:15 at a Central Standard Time, and uh, you can catch us that uh, live streaming. Since we're talking about streaming video at T V dot com, we also do it on the Facebook page that I just gave you. In terms of a live stream,
1: okay. You can. Okay, you can find me uh, at on Facebook, Twitter, tweetday at Jerry L Woodley Jr. and J L Woodley One. Uh, you can find me in elsewhere on SoundCloud, um, YouTube, and Blogger blogspot at AKSVDCSR, the College Sports Report.
0: All right, gentlemen, uh, you, you you guys can steer the conversation where you want it. You want to talk about uh, – Doc, you want to talk about HBCUs right now? Or we want to talk about the uh, yeah,
2: disaster Tennessee? A little bit, so, so we can jump on that, and then we certainly need to make sure we get a chance to talk about uh, what's going on with Tennessee football program. It <laughs> seems like they
3: didn't quite get that, right? But uh,
2: Before we get to that intriguing uh, scenario uh, HCC Sports. Talk a little bit about the fact that uh, I was in attendance at the uh, Labor Day Classic yesterday on the weekend.
1: Was that yesterday? Good
2: crowd. Yep, it's very good All crowd right. there. Still have some problems with that turf out there, and
1: the seems stadium.
2: That's
1: going to be interesting. Let's kind of attribute that to, is you know the Dynamo and playoffs and they'll be back to play. The tunes that wins are this week, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, they're on the, on the road. That's, from, what, that's in Seattle,
3: yeah.
2: Elsewhere. yeah. Uh, and, so that's no problem there. But they've had some problem with the field since its existence, and they just haven't been able to really grow their grass in the way that it takes seeds. It reminds me a lot of ways, the problem they had at uh, uh, NRG for a while uh, before they finally went to decide that, they going away from the grass with the plates. Um, obviously, this is not inside, but uh, it's something about either the grass they particularly use or the way that stadium was built. It just can't quite get the sunlight in there uh, because that, it, it it's just not a – at this point, it doesn't seem like it's been a danger uh, to athletes playing on it, but it certainly seems like it could be. But, yeah, hopefully um, – they can get some work to get done and figure out what they're gonna do uh with that grass because they it 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 doesn't look good certainly for the uh, viewing surface so I'll put it like that. But in terms of the game, um Texas Southern really came out, played hard, uh kept it intriguing for the first half, no score in the first quarter. A couple of big plays uh, by Prairie View got the game to 14-3 where they scored right before the half and literally scored 14 points uh, with uh, about five with a, within two minutes uh, towards the end of the game, uh, which uh, started the momentum they needed to pull away. Uh, a lot of the reasons that was close early was Prairie had a lot of penalties, actually had three touchdowns called back for the game, one early in the game off a of big play, some holding penalties. But they were able to pull away from uh, – Texas Southern and just punish him with the wildcat or uh, panther cat, I guess is what they call it over at Prairie View. Um, as you see, like they have a quarterback. Uh, as the richer freshman quarterback found a way to get it done, third straight game where he threw over 300 yards uh, in that contest. So that was a big game uh, for Prairie View as they won 30 to 16 in that contest. Um, really playing, um. Uh, real good with Nico Hollis getting it done,
1: but the game if I might if, 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 I, if I might add that uh, Coach talked about that post game because uh, uh, I asked him about you know when did the, when did the lights go on when did the uh, uh, Coach Coach, uh, Coach Simmons of mentioned about consistency uh, with getting things done and trying not to make mistakes you know on a regular basis. And he mentioned that he mentioned the game that uh, he thought. That uh, the light went on, and that uh, 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 Holland uh, made it made it a uh, a decision that he was going to take over the team and kind of like get things going. And he made it put an effort out there to just go and play, do what you do on a regular basis. You know, don't worry about the mistake Just go and run the team. And he 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 basically said. Uh, you know, if if he's getting three hundred yards and all a game out of the, uh, out of
3: uh, Holland,
1: I think that's, yeah, Hollis, Hollis. yeah, it's Nico Holland. <laughs> but if he's getting three hundred yards out of him on a regular basis, they'll win a lot of games and defensively, he'll he'll adjust to to what's going on onto the field. You know, as a as a coach and as an assistant coach, what that's all was, yes. <laughs> he says he's looking forward to what next season looks like and where they're headed at. At least now he knows where he's solid at and what he needs to build on. Uh, and I in the process, uh, we'll go ahead, because I was going to make a comment about uh, what uh, Coach Haywood had said also in postgame.
2: I was just going to finish up on the Prairie View side, and then we can go back and look a little deeper in Texas Seven. Okay. And, uh, go with Hay- Haywood's analysis. But I agree with you in terms of the Prairie View Panthers. Um, Really looking forward to next year as they were able to finish on a high night, highlight finishing with a winning record six and five, four and three, uh, winning uh, four of the, three straight games for the last five. So feeling real comfortable about that. Certainly uh, running back DeJuan Tucker had twenty two yards uh, on, on just seven carries, so he looked good. Stephon McCray uh, is the one that was winning that Panther had a lot of the games. He had 18 carries, 74 yards, and just started punishing. Uh, Texas Southern on the defensive side where you could tell he just got tired and they couldn't really get anything going on the offensive side. Credit to Texas Southern as they were down to a third-string quarterback still trying to get it done and finding ways to do it. Uh, but uh, this is the third time in Prairie View history where they've had three straight winning seasons. Uh, so uh, Prairie View... Willis Coach Willison is really excited about what they could get done there. Go ahead a little bit and talk about Texas Southern and what Haywood was saying.
1: Uh Coach Haywood did he lost uh, two players yesterday, uh, in the middle of the game. Uh had and uh he mentioned that, you know, that's been a, a, a situation with them all season. Especially they expected where the starters are. Uh, uh didn't get around to the numbers and all this as far as how many starters he's lost over the over the season. But when his uh, punter went down, uh that was an issue. Uh and then it was almost like they conceded to attempt to go with the passing game and away from the uh, from rush uh, running the ball when uh uh see so I'm trying to remember the kid's name. Brad Woodard, and some of the Yeah. He uh he was able to get some things done
2: but yeah, he had uh, 86 yards on 15 carries, one touchdown. The touchdown he got was on a long run from 46 at the end right. of the game. But credit to him, he kept pushing forward. He's just a junior, so he'll be back in the post.
1: And then he uh, kind of thought, you know, it going to be a competitive game, uh, especially with Craig, I mean, not Craig, when Tech Further got that uh, interception return at the start of the second half. And that was almost like, oh, okay, we're going to get some things done today. Uh, we're gonna see a you know see a competitive game. And once again, you know, they they dropped back into the consistent, inconsistency uh, situation and they didn't score again until the uh, fourth quarter when it was, was pretty much uh, as they say wrap up time. Uh yeah. and they got a field goal out of it. So uh a, no, I'm yeah, got a forty forty six yard run. Uh by Woodard, you know to finish the game with twenty four seconds about to go to close the gap to, to get a final score, 30-16. to 16. But uh, as Coach mentioned, you know, he's going to have to get – he's starting out this week. He and uh, some assistant coaches, and they're going to be scattering a, uh, uh, the four wins, looking for some mature players in reference to two that are ready to play right now. It's because uh, he's looking at, you know, two years, and he doesn't. He hadn't seen some football growth, and the guys that he's got right now in some key positions. And he's also he. The one thing he did talk about was solidifying the uh, quarterback position. And he's going. He's going to have to do that. Uh, finding that that particular kid. Uh, he's hoping to find it this week, and in t- two weeks when they start the signing period, they go and get a, get that kid signed, and as quickly as possible. Get in here at campus and starting uh during the spring but right now um as starting as as uh last night and today spring quarterback going in a bit crystal yeah you you pointed out a great point
2: that uh this is a quarterback league really at every level uh in football you 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 look so much better when you have a quarterback you down to your third-string quarterback. Um, this is just going to be a difficult challenge, particularly in this league, uh, where you have to have a quarterback. To give you an example, the top three teams all are led by seniors quarter- quarterback. That's Alcorn State, the Braves, Southern Jaguars, and Gramlin who mm-hmm. uh, have senior quarterbacks that find a way to get it done, and Gramlin and Alcorn will be playing for a championship this weekend in Houston, Texas, where many believe is the final – version or at least this version of the Slack championship game and then obviously the game that, that decided gremlin had to win to get into it was between Southern jaguars he had two senior quarterbacks Austin Howe that uh, came in as a freshman played quite a bit uh, all the way to his senior year and i'm sure he's going to be disappointed how he played in this game he only had 198 total yards passing and uh did throw in two touchdowns uh, but he had two costly interception. One of was early in the game where they seemed like they were chasing the numbers the whole game. At late touchdown, though, made it very interesting. If Southern took their first and only lead of the game, 21-20, with a uh, little under five minutes left in the game before Grambling exploded with a big kickoff return that uh, gave them a short field uh, from the 41-yard line of Southern where they cashed in for a touchdown by Martez Carter. Who got on the board with a uh, touchdown in that game, having 92 yards on 21 carries? And this was the guy that was hampered by a rib injury that actually had to go into the locker room for a bit during that game uh, as he found a way to get it done. Devontae Kincaid just finds a way to win. He only passed 171 yards himself, 14 to 30, uh, but he did have one uh, touchdown. Key for him. He did put 24 yards on the ground. Uh, with a touchdown as he rushed for that early touchdown it gave Ram the lead after the interception by Austin Howard. So a lot of Southern Jaguars upset they want to um, find a way to get better. They're talking about changing coaches, which is amazing to me, uh, how you have a coach that has you in position to win championships. But you get in trouble when you can't beat your rival in this three-year straight Had has trouble against uh, the Braves of Alcorn State as well. So. Uh, looks like uh, it'll be interesting to see if these individuals have their way. They're looking for a new coach. I don't think this is uh, That was pretty much their game. And Southern Falls, Grambling 30 to Grandma State 30-21, meaning Grambling State Tigers, the DG, D.G. State championship
1: game played for
2: a championship and uh, a both berth into the Celebration Bowl in Atlanta in two weeks after this uh, sweat championship game. Uh, to face the MEAC champion, which is North Carolina a the Aggies. Undefeated Aggies team, uh, first time in their history getting it done. A lot of good football being played there. The uh, other one I throw in, uh, which is also interesting a lot of weeks, because Alabama State beats a uh, thirty one one uh, um 37-3, excuse me, as Hill has ended the season winning five out of six games after Alabama State started off four and five, so a lot of people are trying to figure out did he do enough to take off that interim tag? Did they finish at five and six, four and three in conference play. So that was a uh, big for that program. I'll be interested to see what they're gonna do with their coaching search. Uh it was a tough year for coaches both in the Miac and SWAT. Four coaches either were fired, contracts were not renewed or they resigned, and that is Arkansas of uh, Pablo looking for a coaching search, Alabama A&M. Just talked about Alabama State. They started everything mid-season after they got off to 0-5. And then to some people were surprised about Mississippi Valley State uh, coaches there on um, the watch out. And then you go into the MIAC, Florida a and M coach resigned, and you have where State's A.D. and football coach were fired. Wow. Hampton's, Hampton's coach and they made the big move, talking about they're going to the Big South, which had a lot of people talking and flustered about what that <laughs> move was about. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> their coaches resigned as well. So uh, between the Division One programs, uh, me, X, White, there were seven coaches that were – that seven coaching positions are open this weekend uh, very early on. So that's another key fabric. In terms of the Hampton move, Again, a lot of people were talking about that. Was it really yep. an upgrade? They had been trying to move, upgrade their program, which people would certainly support. Uh, tried to get in the CA, couldn't get, get in. Actually tried to get in the Big South before, couldn't get in there. Uh, President Harvey talked about this as an academic, athletic move. Uh certainly could see where athletic, you can talk about a move in terms of the stagnant rating, where the uh, staggering rating, I should say, uh, where Dick South is above NEAC and Swat, But marginally, not a large area. there, so I always question what does that mean really in terms of recruiting uh, when you're talking about that small of a margin. Are you going to be able to recruit to that level where you're going to be place? Then he talked about uh, academics in the travel, which I thought was interesting because in the article they talked about the travel being that they're only going to have to travel based between 23 states which is Virginia, uh, North Carolina, South Carolina, but it looks like I wasn't sure if somebody did the homework as Kenneth Call State, which is in Georgia, is in the conference now and they just won it. Kudos to them and getting into the playoffs and winning the first round game, all things. And then you have the actually heading to Alabama, as North Alabama is playing, joining the Big South and moving up as they move from division two to S C S division one, uh, with the football program. So uh, didn't quite get that. Academically, I wrote down some statistics to show about the <laughs> Carnegie classification that actually the uh, MIAC has more uh, doctoral research programs than the Big South, and in fact, the SWAC actually has, for that matter. So I think that was uh, intriguing to see that uh, perception may not actually be reality in regards to. Uh, the academic pedigree, if you look at it, at least the Carnegie classification. But it certainly was a hot topic last week. If People were like, wow. And people were wondering, is this going to start a new domino? Or A lot of HBCUs, are they going to make the move as well? Uh, which means this week uh, should be intriguing for the SWAC. as this is the winter meeting for the SWAC. They do it part of the SWAC championship game. NEAC does theirs during the celebration week. I uh, have a lot of talk in regards
3: to
1: uh,
2: whether they're going to move, move with the conference overall, SWAT championship game, or are they going to continue, as they said, that this is it, or they somehow bring it back. Questions about the basketball tournament, a lot of questions about that. Also in terms of the commission position, Sharp has not had a contract extension, so people are intrigued to see um, does that mean anything. What direction is the SWAC going in terms of its leadership? So we might find out some uh, information later down, later on this week uh, during the SWAC media you know, meetings, I should say. Yeah, well, uh, that's one of the
1: conversations I had with somebody last night. Um, <laughs> it was interesting because Senator said, "Okay, what's up with the half move?" And from the mentioned area. Tried, they tried to move out move out of the uh before us to the beach the house. And uh the person that I talked to uh, was, was going to Atlanta in two weeks. But so, and uh but he's going up to up there this weekend. Uh he's a he, uh, he had, uh alumnus and I'm not gonna get involved with the students. So Um uh, <laughs> 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 because he just said, I can't, I don't I want to get that far out there with it. I said, all right, yeah, that's, that's fine. But uh, he basically they, they wanted to get out of there, move over to Big South for a while. Um, and it, it, it all is boiled down to, like you said, eliminating the travel situation. Uh, but they even operated um, as though they were above everybody else in the company. They this, yeah, I mean, they... that's
2: what it really boils down in a lot of ways. Because the factors that they talk about don't add up. I think if the move was made to the Colonial Athletic Association, yeah. would be them getting multiple teams in basketball tournament at times, them certainly getting multiple teams in the tournament, you could talk about that. But the Big South has been no better than the OVC. Certainly the MEAC has been able to get two teams in just uh, two years ago. The Big South hasn't ever gotten two teams in the tournament, and in fact, they were on the verge of losing their automatic bid because they had six members. And Liberty, obviously, as you probably know, has uh, moved has started their move to the SPS level, so they had five members. So that's why they were pushing to get North Alabama to come up, and obviously, Alabama's in the transition division too. So even with Alabama having six members, uh, with North Alabama, I should say, UNA, that they would still would have lost the automatic bid because they wouldn't have had six Division One members at the time uh, that Liberty had left. So in a lot of ways, Big South came back, and as they turned them no earlier, now was sitting there on the desk, uh, on life support, I should say, that they invited me in. So it's just intriguing to me. Uh, I obviously support HBCUs, so wishing the best. Uh, but in terms of just logic and Looking at the data and the numbers, uh, what is being said just doesn't add up uh, for everything that I have looked at from a consulting perspective. But Harvey's been at the Reign and Hampton for 40 years. It's inarguable to say that uh, other decisions that he's made over a period of time have certainly been successful for him. Uh, so you can't argue that. Uh, but just in terms of what was put out, because he did an interview with the undefeated in terms of – a Articles was written, so I just took him at his words and did my own review of what was said, and from that perspective, uh, it it wasn't uh, meeting face value, so that's the only reason that I brought the points up, so people could do their own research and do their own analysis of what was taking place.
1: All well, right. Here's uh, that HCU, HCCU. Uh, let me get with the, the uh, local talent here in town if we can. Uh, the coolest well I'll leave that up to, 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 to that other guy to, to speak about his school. Uh, because they got some questions all about their quarter, about their coaching situation. Um, no, they don't. Now, no, they don't. <laughs> y'all don't? Y'all in Jocko, y'all Y'all okay with
2: that? It's you put that money on
1: the table, you don't buy anybody that first year.
3: <laughs> <You know? laughs>
1: hey, Wow. Let's be honest, guys. We get around with it. You know, people come in, like, they get
2: kind of crazy.
3: Well, well, it's the, it's go the
2: ahead. It's the people over there in Austin
0: that uh, have some yeah, money. That, that's
2: what we see how they fit.
0: We'll go, yeah. We'll
1: first. Let, Let
0: them talk about Rice first, and then we'll get to the, the big boys when people actually win football games now. So, yeah, go ahead.
1: <laughs> All right. It's ball down to uh, what goes on the conversation on tomorrow. Uh, coach Baylor is on the uh, course conference tomorrow. uh um, Whatever's going to transpire, is going to transpire afterwards. But right now, as the uh,
0: time. They want to do it in Arkansas? Fire, they didn't fire him after the game, before he left the field? Yes,
1: Yeah, you walking down the field, hey, he saved it. Hey, uh-huh. You know this is it. Because uh, he saved it in the postgame. He's going to sit down with the boss, and they're going to talk about somebody... it. Or oh, it could be like A&M, and you find out the practice.
0: So yeah, yeah, we yeah we'll talk about all that too in just a couple of seconds. But Wildcat, come on now, his time is up. His his time is up. How honestly, honestly, what can they say to justify keeping him on another year?
1: Hold on, because my my argument has always been: you when you ask your worst, is who you gonna replace him with. And does it, can you find somebody that will fit in that job uh, with the r- r- restrictions and all that you're working with from day one and make that work over five- to, to, to six-year period?
0: They can hire somebody, somebody from Stanford. You. They can hire somebody from Vanderbilt. They can hire somebody from Northwestern. Hire somebody from an Ivy League school. You're making it sound like Rice is just this, this Impossible Rubik's Cube that cannot be solved when in football.
1: It yeah, can't. Because the other thing that you're dealing with besides what you're talking about, grabbing those folks from those schools, what recruiting connection do they have here? They could so find some. With, hold on, I'm going to, I'm going to your point and I'm going to let you talk. Because from any one of those staff, other than Andrew Luck, Anybody else, can you name the kids that left from this area to those particular schools on a, on
0: a regular basis, even if it's just one or two? I'm sure if i studied the rosters, I could. The rosters and the staff. This is Texas. People get football that's talent that's from Texas know? all over the place.
1: But right now, <laughs> in the process, <laughs> coach, how do you cook it right in this state? They are different, and
0: they are arrogant to a certain to a, to a extent. They sure are. They sure are arrogant, and some think
1: some that stuff don't stick. Yeah, that's right. If, you, if they choose
0: to close, yeah, that that's that's it, fine. Many of, of the many of those different. many of those high schools that think they're so far above Rice. Probably didn't have kids smart enough to get into Rice. So I'm not even going to worry about those dudes right there. Thinking you got to go ahead. I'm not going to deal with you. I'm talking about Rice. Rice fundamentally come out for one win season. If they bring him back, how are they going to justify that to the dwindling fans that they do have to support them? They can go ahead and do what they want to do for years ago. Shut it down. If you are not serious about competing, the AD said he wanted to compete in all athletics, all sports, academically as well. One win in football
1: is not it. Because I'm going judge, I, like I said, every AD that gets hired at these schools, I'm going to judge them on one sport and one sport only. Can you hire a football coach? I'm going to find out who he is in the car.
0: It is much easier that you make it sound, make it seem.
1: Okay, we're going to find out.
0: You make it sound like, find like find David Bayless walks on out. water. I'm talking we're about, I'm out. talking about results. job, we going to job, we're gonna find out. I'm talking about results. The next head coach wins like I the next you head coach I mean. wins two games next year he surpassed this this year two the bar is set at one one win you win two <laughs> games next year you've exceeded this this season if if the bar is that low at rice that they don't want to do better if it is fine, let me know
1: i don't bother me at all but if you, if you think it's an easy situation, realistically, if you think it's easy situation, we're, we're I, think,
2: it. I don't think anybody's saying it's an easy situation, but you go from one extreme to other. The difference between an easy situation and your lack of ability to win more than one game uh, is how many losing seasons is this
0: in a row? This is the third losing season. They're, not, they're no longer competitive. That's the problem. They're no longer competitive.
2: Right. I mean, even Mississippi Valley State, uh, that people question obviously, they got to the point where they were saying this is not working for a coach uh when you when they lose to two teams that were previously under, uh without winless, uh, as they went in the valley and you got their victory, one of them being Texas Southern University. I think that's just a challenge to bring it to your fan base. As you said, The fan base is as small as it is in an area that is challenging uh, when you're talking about trying to get the dollars to support the program. Uh, at some point, you have to say, all right, there's got to be somebody else that can do it in a way to help us get it done. I think, Chris, you make an interesting point when you're talking about some of the programs out there that have this academic prestige, um, where you can look at getting teams at least being competitive uh, and trying to get to a, not necessarily a bowl game right away, but a bowl game every so often, but
0: trying to get to a winning record. What happened to the riots going to a bowl every four years mentality?
1: It didn't happen because those kids graduated and they're the other thing that he dealt with, with this year was 14 starters. Six on offense, three on the offensive line that never – well, I think they're like four on the offensive line that they lost before the third game of the season. Two that lost before the season even started.
0: Sounds like a death problem to me.
1: Uh, that's what I would be a death problem if you lose a starter.
0: Well, no, no, no. I'm talking about depth comes into
1: who you're recruiting. If you if you got you got a, a bad recruiting staff, then yeah, that is a coaching problem. If you had guys on on uh, on the on the, uh, on the team that could fill in, but they didn't adjust, and the team went young, went freshmen. Because so I think right now, this is to finish of the season as of yesterday. had yeah. 11 freshmen. Go
2: on. So, I guess the follow-up question is, what would you think he'd be able to get down next year if he
1: keep mm-hmm. him around? In um, um, games, would you well, say he'd be able to win? My observation, this season, will they have an issue whoever is a strength and conditioning guy?
2: Now, I'm not. You, you're getting into other stuff. I'm going ask you if they bring him back. How many okay. games
1: do you think he's gonna win next year? He comes can back.
2: turning around in a year? Can he get a uh, winning record next
1: year? Yes. He can to get a record next year? He's gonna have to make some coaching changes. He hasn't made coaching changes in two years. So this is so this, so this is his fault then. So yeah,
2: all this is his football. He said thing. he was losing all his coaches. Now he had made coaches. Oh
1: no! Now Frank. Right. His, his last big recruiter that he had is not a, is, is at Kansas. Is his
2: coach at Kansas. Well, let him come back and we'll
1: watch it again next year.
0: So as as one of the rare one of those rare entities at Rice as an alum that supports rice football, why would you want me to spend some money on this man next year? I want you to come to me, come to my, my high rise office. I have invested thousands of dollars in the program. I want you to convince me why I spend one more dollar. You bring back this man for next year.
1: That's all you invest invested? Just a thousand
0: dollars? I said thousands. Thousands of, dollars. thousands of dollars. I want you to sell me right now Why I spend a dime on Dave Baylor come back next year.
1: <laughs> I, I'm going to say this because I've seen some real, some real conversations over there and the first thing that's going to come out of my mouth is why should I come and ask you for some money? Because I'll I'll sit in on that on that luncheon. I'll sit in on the table on the dinner table on that luncheon. Oh, and that's, that's fine. But like I well, said, I I'm the
0: rarity. I'm the rarity that spends money on the right football program. I'm the rare alum who cares the right football today, not a right football back fifty years ago. I'm spending money. I'll I'll spend money on this program last few years. I want you to convince me. Why I should continue spending money on this man coming back to the program?
1: I'm not going to ask you about spending for his his job. I'm going to ask you about spending for his facility. That's what I'm going to ask you for. I'm not going to ask you about football, coaching, or whatever. I'm going to ask you about his facility. Facility? That's
0: what I'm going to ask you about. I'll spend some money on a facility as soon as he's gone. And Next. The conversation's gonna be over. Well, okay.
1: There we go. Uh, so I'm gonna, and, and over here Doc, this relates back to Tennessee. The Richard the president, the president of the board is going to make that decision, and that's going to be it. What's going to transpire tomorrow? We're all over by 12 o'clock. That's what time they uh uh.
0: The telecom- 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 for for Gregiano. Uh,
1: that situation.
0: Are oh, you talking about Baylor. Uh, okay. If if Rice, and it would shock me because it's Rice. I know enough about Rice. Enough time over there that they don't really care about anything but baseball. But if they bring back him for another season. <laughs> Okay, y'all don't care about football at all. Y'all don't, don't don't go on public record and talk about anything about winning football games. Just tell me they're lying about student athletes and they're going about to way, Because it's not about football all at all.
1: Down to, and I'm going to say this, and this is being honest. It all boils down to president Charles and the board of directors, the board of regions. Because they made a statement more than once that this is not an athletic factor. This is an academic school of how I learned. And they pushed that. More than any place that I've dealt with and I grasped it all because it was uh after the sports game uh yesterday before I got over to the uh, over to uh uh the previous CSU game. Uh, they you want to make some hosts there's some folks pushing for some hope yes. that's yes, changes. It's all going to boil down to President, for the reason, Chairman, and let it back And what it's going to take is two out of that three. Well, it won't be the A.D. Because
0: the A.D. has said, when he was hired, that he wants to succeed in academics and athletics. So if he still wants that, that's not the same thing as a higher up.
1: Well, I'm uh, not with this because it's, 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 it's all crazy, and I can't. Uh, I, don't, I don't get into those those conversations. You've seen in particular when every director, the board of region, and the school president make the decision, and they. <laughs> can be left out,
0: can want to make a change. If the other two says
1: no, it's a no. And that's and that's no matter true. What they, no, matter what it, no matter what the AD says, when he gets out, those two people that control everything, if they say no, no change.
0: And that's fine. And it would shock me if they say that. But like I said, don't go to anybody else. And say something different about we want to compete in athletics. No, you don't. Don't tell that lie. We we're happy being an elite academic institution. Fine, this is who we are. Fine, but don't (laughs) five minutes later say why aren't we winning in football? (laughs) Why aren't we winning in basketball? Why aren't we winning in? No, come on, don't. Don't say one thing and then say another. And then act shocked when folks challenge you on your your, your words.
1: Well yeah. they're not gonna about that. Clearly. And whatever they are gonna say about, they're not gonna kill They're not going about other folks now. They're going about a lot of things that go on campus inside some hedges. And they can't about other folks. No.
0: And And the irony is women's basketball is doing very well. The other sports other sports are doing quite well. Men's basketball will take a step back this year, but they should be better next season. The irony is other sports are doing fine. Football ain't. I agree. So we're gonna wrap it up and talk about the the comedy of Power 5 football. When you have let's see Florida hires football coach from conference rival Mississippi State. Boy, I tell you, I mean, it just blows me away. You just, I mean, this is how I'll go from one of comments with another. <laughs> Ain't no problem. A&M fires Kevin Sumlin. Still owes him $10 million. Must pay him back within 60 days. Rumored to want Jimbo Fisher at $7.5 million per. That's just the money of big-time programs. And then talk about the disaster. That at Tennessee football, when you agree to a memo of understanding with Greg Schiano, signed, word gets out that he's the next going to be the next head coach. The Tennessee alums and legislators say, oh, no, 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 he can't get this job. Based on uh, apparently an incorrect assumption that he had involvement in the Sandusky pedophile stuff at Penn State, he wasn't even on staff when Greg Sandusky was there. But let's not facts get in the way of that. So now he's not going to get the job. And like I said, there was a signed memo of understanding that he'd get the job. So now Greg says, oh, well, that was fine. I want some money. So y'all yeah, not going to hire me. That's fine. But I want." Some money out of this. I signed this, so you decide what you're going to give me because this is what <laughs> this is awful. And yet, of course, Doc, <laughs> the kicker is, of course, none of these schools and universities have enough money for the student athletes. It's
2: amazing.
0: It is amazing. A&M gonna pay ten million dollars to California to go away. To go away, and based on reports, that's not gonna be decreased if he takes another job. Rumor has Arizona State or other possibilities. They owe him that ten million. Period. So his next job, he's gonna get more money. In addition to ten million dollars, so the Aggies gonna pay him ten million. And then if they hire Jimbo Fisher, there's a huge buyout that he owes Florida State. So they got to pay the buyout and Jimbo Fisher's more money? And then you're going to say, well, you know, athlete, students, we don't have enough money for you to do this, that, and we can't give you money for this, that, and other. Wow. I I really wish enough athletes would open their eyes and take a stand and just say, look, I'm not doing this. (laughs) I'm, no. I'm not going to the tournament. I'm not going to the bowl game. Y'all see y'all, y'all put some money in my hands above the table? I'm done. I'm going to class, get my degree. But in terms of competing on the field where y'all gonna get money off my, my jerseys and I can't get anything out of, no, I'm done. I'm not gonna play at all. Mm-hmm. Yep, so we're gonna just sit down right before the tournament starts. Nope, not gonna play. Not gonna do it. But ball game, nope. None of us, none of my teammates are going to play today. We're not playing at all. Nope, we're not doing it. But that won't happen. And the administrators know it, so they continue spewing out this yes about it's all about the kids. It's all about student athletes. We're doing it for the kids. Please. Comments?
1: Money, money, money. You got to figure out some way, somehow. But see, you're right about the kids need to stand up. But the, I think the kicker to the whole thing is they hadn't figured out a way of how to, how to stand up without losing anything. They hadn't figured that out in their mind. Because I'll do a tape on... But from my standpoint, I would take it'd be one team to solidify and say, "That's it, we done as a group." That's that's my gut feeling. Now, you may have a different different look look on it, different feel on it, but that's the only way I see it happen. One team would have to as a unit, a group, and say, "That's it, we're not going to practice. We're going to like." As you said, we're going to class every
2: day, but we're not going to practice. Yeah, I think the biggest trouble you have is that this window is such a stopgap measure. You know, for basketball, it's literally one year. Obviously, many people don't appreciate the fact it is one year, whether they should believe it should be high school or they should stay longer. Um, obviously, baseball, in a lot of ways, there's more options from the standpoint you can go from high school. But if you go to college, you got to stay two two years. Um, Football is the biggest one out there. Essentially, uh, you have to be three years removed from your class to enter into it. And then you have the physical components of the game, although there are some people that you imagine may be able to do it. Uh, But with the gap being so small, it's hard for you to ask somebody that's young To understand the importance of making that sacrifice, when they believe they only have to do it for a short period of time in the big scope of things, but I would say this: that you can you continue to see that the uh, college athlete is becoming more and more aware, and they're becoming more and more organized. As you see various levels of protest, you've also seen uh, everything from Missouri uh, different ideas with uh, college players looking to try to create some type of union format. So I think eventually you'll see players getting ability to have more power that they're going to make some type of statement uh, as they start to move forward. But every time they do make that step, you see more the power five schools finding a way to try to provide more levels uh, whether it's the cost of attendance, uh, the food allowance that you saw a couple of years ago, obviously the war that they're doing with all these different uh, facility arms race. Um, so that's those are the three components I see that are involved that would you'd have to see change uh, before you see
0: these college athletes really push the envelope of changing their environments. And it it won't happen. Um Be nice if it did. The haves will continue expand, expanding and widening the gulf between the haves, the upper halves and the haves, and then the have-nots. Because even there's going to be a delineation between the upper halves and the haves. That's right. Because you got A&M and Florida State may get into a bidding war. And then Texas got money out of just money, 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 money. That doesn't even compare to anybody else in the Big 12. So it's just, it's an arms race. It's laughable to see Jimbo Fisher trying to, he's been complaining about, Wanting facility upgrades to Florida State. That's Florida State. They just built stuff two or three years ago. Where we're falling behind. <laughs> I mean, it's not going to end. But this is this is this is where we are, and not enough people, alums, care about the reality of the situation all they want the alums are the problem and doc you touched on it it's rolling down the hill to hbcus well you got those schools oh we're better than this we're better than this conference we're better than these folks in this conference really (laughs) i mean when logic says no you're not so that's right this is where we are in America. Gonna wrap it up, fellas, one more time. Once again, how can folks find you on the on the internet?
2: Well, okay. you can find me on the website at THG dash dot com and you go to HBC Sports League to get more information. Obviously this week uh, we're doing the big Ben cavalry Awards this Wednesday. Uh, open the door at 6.30, so we're excited about uh, the HBC players that we'll be honoring it that evening. Uh, also, you can find me on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, social media platforms at Dr. Kenyatta Kaville, D-R-K-E-N-Y-A-T-T-A-C-A-V-I-L. Again, the D-R-K-E-N-Y-A-T-T-A-C-A-V-I-L. And you can... Find me on the radio show that we do weekly from five forty-five to seven fifteen, standard time. KKBQ ninety-two point nine FM HD two uh, in the uh, historic K C A studio. You can follow us on streaming if you want to catch the show. That's com. and we also stream it live through the Facebook app.
1: Lock out. You can find me, uh, as I mentioned earlier, on uh, Facebook, Twitter, TweetDeck at J L Woodley One, Jerry L Woodley Jr., and on SoundCloud, Blogger, YouTube, AKSV VCSR, the College Sports Report. Uh, Doc, uh, well, i give you a call uh, afterwards when we get fancier, but uh, you. Uh, would you be needing any um, video assistance this year? Sure. Okay. All right, young man.
0: Gentlemen. You
1: outlet and, and
0: thank you very much for your time and your insight as always. I think we are uh, around 19 days or so for uh, applying to the Women's Final Four credential applications. Let's do so, I think that is it's roughly around now, three weeks. Let's just say a few weeks. Other things are in the works. And I won't go into, into any more details until I know them. But um, could be very happy. We'll talk about football and Rockets and on future podcasts. But this is good. Uh, as always, thought-provoking. Enjoy the, our discussions. Going to wrap it up. Oh well, of course, our podcasts are available on SoundCloud, iTunes, Pod Directory. If podcasts are listed, the KG Fifth World Wildcat, and Doc podcasts are there. So, listen, share, like, discuss. Go to our Facebook page to share your comments and thoughts. We really like to hear some feedback on. What we touched on through this podcast, but specifically we touched on earlier at the beginning of the podcast about the uh, coverage for women's college basketball as a niche sport and how to grow the game. Gonna wrap it up as always do. In conclusion,
1: be true, be cool, and do more.